Yo, what's up? Welcome to the OKB's podcast, episode 78. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing. Adeoye joining me this week is Ian Prichel. Ian, the whites are at it again. The p- Buckle up, boys, because the whites are at it again. They are at it again. Let me tell you about this story of a, 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 young, a young child that was born by the last name of West. All right. Now, this child, born in the state of California, came out of the mother's womb with the first name Chicago. All right. Chicago West was born. And Ian, let me tell you, the whites aren't happy. Do you have anything to say about this? Gwyneth Paltrow named her baby Apple and no one gave a fuck. So, yeah. And Michael Jackson named his child Blanket, and he's pretty much monkey, what? he was pretty much was, white. Right? Or no, Wait, he, had what? A, he had a monkey. <laughs> he had a monkey named Bubbles, right? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I actually never Didn't heard of he, that. It wasn't that a famous story or whatever. I, <laughs> I thought you were calling his child a monkey, and I was about to like. Oh. No, 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 no. I was saying that he had. I don't know. I was mixing. I haven't slept in like a long time, so my brain is jumbled right now. No, I, I totally feel you. Uh, no, yeah, like don't it. Cause for real, I thought you were making an H and M joke, and so I was trying to dig deep in the in. No, the, no, 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 no. Definitely not making that joke. Yeah, I want to give a I want to give a congratulations to Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. I know they listen to this show. Uh, Chicago West <laughs> is a great name. Don't let the internet tell you anything different. I have friends that are named Shaniqua, uh, Tequila, and Diaria, spelled like diarrhea. Well, well, so. Well, well. <laughs> what was the joke that i said to you on twitter oh yeah i said my well, this is a true story i have a cousin named praise god and then you replied you replied with oh yeah my godson's name is playstation vita and so <laughs> names are a thing people life is a lie we're, li- we're, tr- we're truly living in a simulation we are dude i was listening to a whole podcast yesterday about living in a simulation i'm convinced now that we're living in a simulation because like if if a simulation is made right we're going. We're, I'm about to go on a tangent. If it's if a simulation is made, right? If if one simulation is made and there's a simulation made within that simulation, that means that there's the possibility of of infinite simulations. What? Who are we to think that we're at the top? Right? Who are we to think that we are at the very top simulation in this in th- this theoretical world of infinite simulations created? Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying infinite mm. realities infinite simulations we are but just one simulation within what world is you get high and watch the matrix before this podcast what 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 did you do before this i uh no i shouldn't say that i no i shouldn't say that either i just got i just got home from work that's what happened i just got home from work Ladies and gentlemen, the OKB's podcast is the weekly Word. gaming and nerd culture-centric show. This is where we get together and talk about the biggest topics in games and culture. If you like the show, subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow at OKBeast now on Twitter and Instagram. Also, like us on our new Facebook page where we just uploaded a brand new Floor Kids mini essay. We have these mini essays now that I believe we're calling OKBeast minis, um, if I have that correct. And so check out our Facebook page like that. Man, Ian, I've missed you. It's been it's been like two weeks, right? And last week it's we had, been a while, man. Last week we had, we had on Moises, and Moises is like my he's my Twitter troll, and I've kind of I've had to like come to terms with Moises and how I feel mm-hmm. about Moises because I realized that when I'm actually talking to Moises in real life and when I'm talking to him on the Hangouts, I absolutely love Moises and I want to like I want to father him and make him part of my family, 
but when I, when he, I interact with him on Twitter, he's like my worst enemy, and he's every he's everything that I hate on Twitter. And so mm-hmm. now I've framed it in my mind that whenever I see Twitter Moises acting up, I just remember the real life Moises that has come to that ha- I have come to be love. And so Moises, if you're listening to this, you can go ahead and troll away on Twitter. Uh, I I love you, baby. I want to say. Hmm. Like I said, I just got home from work, so this is the this is the, this is the feeling we're in. As far as announcements, we ha- announcements we have the greatest game, uh, our limited run podcast featuring Chase Williams and Max Kelleher, uh, that is still going. I believe there's one more episode uh, going up this week, the the last final episode. If you're unfamiliar, the greatest game is a li- limited run podcast all about art theory, philosophy, and aesthetics. Check that out. Uh, Chase works at Sony. Max works at NASA. There are two very smart dudes having two very or having one very intelligent conversation, uh, and so check that podcast out on OKBeast.com. Also coming the last Wednesday of the month, so next week it'll be uh, Super Thone Watch, our hip hop podcast that we've already gotten recorded with uh, Cool Greg and Roger Bacorny. And let me tell you, that podcast is crazy, and Cool Greg is <laughs> the Cool Greg is one the coolest dude I've ever like had had the pleasure of speaking to. Also, Cool Greg, I'm convinced is a killer, like Stone Cold. And so, if don't mess with Cool Greg, also check out the podcast because it goes places. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Okebeast now. Go there, subscribe, follow if you want to keep up with the streams. Uh, and rate us on iTunes if you like the blacks and the Jews, but not the whites, as added by Ian on the dock. Uh, so yeah, that's all we have for announcements, Ian. What's up, man? How you been? I've been good. Uh, didn't sleep last night, so I'm a little bit sleepy. Uh, but otherwise, I I did a lot of stuff this past week, and I played a lot of stuff this past week. Um, mm. So I'm just going to say everything, and then you can tell me what, what piques your interest. Uh, so I played a lot of Darkest Dungeon, mm. played some Monster Hunter World, mm. and I finished Monster Hunter Stories. Mm. Uh, I listened to a bunch of Japanese rap, mm. so that's a thing, and that is interesting. Uh I found a anime that is a dance battle anime hmm. that I used to watch back in 2015 when it came out and I rewatched scenes from it and I sent it to you and like th- like do you know the Satsui no Hado from Street Fighter? D- no. Like is it's the red energy that Ryu gets when he's like going to kill or like it's it's I think in Japanese it translates to the urge to kill or killing intent, right? Mm-hmm. When you're fighting and you and you want to kill someone and he has this like red energy around him like evil Ryu or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a scene in this dance battle anime where there's a robot crumping and he has dark energy and someone says someone says oh no it his dark energy will break the barrier and he's just crumping like fucking super hard and i'm like what is going on right now hmm. and yeah so and that was that was a trip to were, like watch that you um, were seeing again. this in like chat, and then and like yeah. what i see when you were saying like oh yeah he was, had the dark energy it, it tripped me up because i was like well for those who who are deep into the crump community, like crumping is actually a Christian uh, dance form, and so like if anything, it should be giving off light energy. This is not a joke. Crumping stands for kingdom represent no, ki- kingdom represent uplifting mighty praise Christian, or something like that. Christians reuniting under multiple pews. Yes, exactly. Crump. And. Yeah, that's that's what crump means. And so when when you when you said it was dark energy, I was fascinated. 
but yo, no, I checked I checked out some of the clips you sent me though of some of the the rap rapping, and like I was at work so I couldn't like watch the video. I was just listening to the video, and so I was listening to the, like like this uh, Japanese rap, and I was somewhat impressed. I was like, okay, this is the beatboxing, especially beatboxing was dope. I I couldn't yeah. really judge the lyricism because I don't speak Japanese, but I was like, you know what? Yeah, these guys are kind of going off, and so I I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give them whatever. I'll give them props. So speaking of that video that I sent, okay, so let me circle back real quick. The dance battle anime, I think the coolest thing about that is that the it's split in half where there's half of it's a normally drawn anime and the, and the dance sequences are done with 3D models mm. and they gave dancers like the um the, the mocap suits and they would do these these choreography routines in a group. They would take that and then add the mocap to these 3D models that looked like the anime characters. So all their movements and their dancing was from real people and real routines. And I thought that was definitely an interesting hmm. component of that anime. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that would be something right up your alley. Um, but back to the Japanese rap stuff. So in Devilman Crybaby, which is a new anime that I watched all the way through that is all over Twitter, there are characters that are four like delinquent kids, but they're like SoundCloud rappers. They like all hang out by the river and they're like, doing they're just rapping and beatboxing with each other and they're like these main characters in the story and the in japanese the characters that um or the characters are voiced by rappers by japanese rappers and all the rapping they're doing is stuff that they made up for the show mm-hmm. hmm. so i thought that was super cool and super interesting um and in the english dub they don't actually change those some of the raps to english but there's this one scene where a character does this really long poem and it's like it's very it's very beautiful. Um, but yeah, Devilman Crybaby is a I, awesome anime. I think you should you should check out. I think I'll check it out after because the scenes you sent me were from Devilman Crybaby. Yeah, the rapping parts were from Devilman Crybaby. Yeah, it, they're like I think I those characters are like set dressing. I think they're not like main characters. They're like side characters. They have an arc or whatever. Mm. But like Devilman Crybaby, the only if I had to give it a one sentence review is it's fucked up, y'all. Like it's it's fucked up. Hmm. Is like, it? Do you want, do you want to hear the premise or no? I almost don't want to hear it because I might want to go in fresh, and so like I think you do. I, I want to ask one one question. You can choose whether to answer it or not. Is there any like supernatural okay. stuff going on or no? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's but that's obvious. Even in the intro, you can see that. Okay. In the intro OVA or whatever. What yeah. else? What else have we been up to? Yeah. Do we want to talk about Monster Hunter again this week? Because it comes out, what, next week? Um, I'm, I mean, yeah, it comes out next Friday, I think, yeah. Hmm. We can delay, because we, we're, we're about to play so, after this, so we can probably delay that conversation. Yeah, we are literally going to go play after this. But um, I guess we'll just go through everything that I just said and just and do like a one sentence. Dun- Darkest Dungeon, get it on PC. It's great. I really recommend it. Mm-hmm. Do mods. Monster Hunter, Um, I'm playing against Nergigante right now in the demo, and it is hard as shit, and I don't know if I'm having a good time solo. I'm, I'm, I'll see how I feel during the harder monsters on um like in multiplayer right now i'm not really having that much fun going against nergigante because of certain mechanics that i don't like with him but we'll see once i like build my own character maybe that'll be better uh monster hunter stories is a cute pokemon style game in the monster hunter world i do highly recommend it if you like rpgs so and then what else after that oh uh japanese rap is dope (laughs) dance battle anime uh it's called um uh tribe cool crew uh, if you're curious about it, so tribe cool crew, um, and then Devil so Man Crybaby is great. Don't look anything up; just watch it. Oh, uh, one more thing: I played the Dragon Ball Z Fighters beta. Hey, so did I. Let's talk about it. So, 
Yes, sir. That, that, I guess that's what we're all pick up. So uh, I all, I've also been playing the Dragon Ball Fighters beta, and I've been playing a lot of it. I've probably put in like I haven't been counting. I'll assume maybe like twenty or so matches, and I probably won like one or two. Like I've been getting. <laughs> beat up like i've been getting straight up destroyed in a fighting game to where like i I don't think i've played a fighting game where i've been getting beat this much uh and i i know for a fact it's the type of fighting game like when it comes to the 2d fighters as far as games like marvel's capcom or street fighter i get destroyed in those games i'm better at like the mortal kombats or the tekkens or the soul calibers like those are more my realm uh the 2d like the like strictly 2d games i i'm pretty bad especially if it, if it involves switching out teammates and stuff like that i'm, I'm really bad at it. and so i've been tr- trying to learn overall though i've been i've been like really enjoying it like the the animations and stuff are cool the the fighting system as far as like the combo system like the combo system is pretty easy in terms of you can do like a light combo by tapping square over and over again you can do like a heavy combo pressing like triangle mm. over and over again and like x is like your blast and stuff like that it's it's friendly to new players but at the same time it's also not in a real in a weird way like there are these like weird technical things in terms of it's friendly it's not yeah exactly like it's friendly in the sense that it's easy to do a key blast it's easy to do a kamehameha it's easy to do a combo like those are the ways that it's friendly like usually like fighting games don't necessarily give you those things off the bat mom dad how do i do how do i do combo yeah, like how it's like usually to do a combo, it's like okay, square, triangle, square, circle, X, down, forward, square. Like you, there's usually like a diff, mm-hmm. like a combo combination. Like I'm th- and I'm thinking like Tekken, right? And this one is like square, 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 or triangle, 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 and you can you can do a combo, right? And the real combo, like those are barely even combos. Those are the, those are the combos that give you off the bat. The real combos in the game are figuring out how to chain your different combos. Like those that's the, those are the real combos, and those those require like those are like a step up in terms of your understanding and your mastery of the game like those are on another level like if you're able to chain combos now you just ascended uh but yeah like the basic combos are the basic combos are there for uh beginners and for their or they're there for people who want to just jump into the game same with the kamehameha's being super easy to do like down forward x kamehameha x key blast Mm -hmm. down forward r2 is like a one meter burn you're doing like your one meter move down back r2 that's a that's a fighting game term yeah that is a fighting fighting game term meter burn yeah down down uh back or quarter circle back i should probably say for my fighting people fighting game people uh quarter circle back is your three meter burn move and like that that is like kind of like your ultimate essentially you're like super ultra whatever um and yeah like ultra instinct mode i like like i I have mixed feelings about it like in in terms of the fighting i like that it's accessible and i can just jump in and i can somewhat have fun especially if i'm playing with somebody on the same level as me if i'm for the most part i've been playing with people that, have, that are way better than me and so it hasn't been as fun but i it's been a learning experience but i just been getting straight i know you're playing ranked or were you are you playing casual i was playing mostly ranked um and i'll actually i was uh, playing like well, that's the half. reason why blessing like what what is wrong with you well i, I here's there's a thing that i learned when i was playing mortal kombat 9 with the homies and street fighter uh four with the homies and street fighter uh, ex2 on ps2 with the homies with the homies is the fact that if you want to get good at these games you just have to get beat over and over and over again until you like that's how my that's how my friends were like 
my when I played my friends, they're like, we're not gonna teach you, we're not gonna give you any tips, we're not gonna help you out. We're just gonna beat the living mess out of you until that's you're good. That's mean as fuck. That is not yeah. the right way to teach someone. <laughs> that's that's how they taught me, and that's how I got decent at those games. Is from them just like straight up just bullying me yeah, over and over. Self from self hatred. What? Like, at come a, on. It's dude. funny because at a certain at a that certain point, miserable. at a certain point, it was just not fun for either of us. We're like, well, I'm not having fun because I keep getting beat, and you're not having fun because you keep winning. And so it's like, like, but it's it's kind of how they operate. We both lose. It's kind of it's kind of how they operate it. And so like that that's kind of my mentality going to these games is that like I'm gonna pick a fight with the biggest person on this block. And we're just going to go at it over and over and over again until I somehow get better. And so, like, that's kind of the, the, the thing I've been operating with. And it's sort of, it's, it has been helping me wrap my mind around the more technical stuff in the game. Because, like, I, I have to see them ex- execute these combos and moves that I can't do. And I have to try and figure out, okay, what what are they doing? How exactly are they? What What frame of mind are they coming at this with? what are they thinking when they're doing these things and how do i defend against it and that's the that's my biggest thing with this game so far is that i can't figure out how to defend against a lot of these things the defense seems really difficult like really like i've been Mm. getting just destroyed as far as people spamming offense on me and maybe it's just i need to redo the tutorial over and over again until i get it but man like they Mm. don't they don't really give you a big margin for error in terms of uh being defensive like I'll sit there and I'll, I'll hold back to like defend right and like since it's Dragon Ball Z, you can come at people. You can come at people from like any angle. You can if you press triangle mm. and circle at the same time, you do a teleportation move to teleport behind the person and kick them away. Like yeah, yeah, I, I still was getting used to that. Yeah, and like being like, that yeah, you, you yeah. can fly at people if you hold R two. If you can just fly at people from across the screen, you can like do com- like mm. you can do combos where you do like a, a mid, low, high, and it's like you can come from come from people come at people from so many different directions. That like you can come on people. You can come on people from so many different directions that it's hard to really like keep it out of your eye. You know, like it's it's it. But that is kind of the metaphor for this game. It is hard mm-hmm. to not get came at from all directions. Um, I don't know how you. I don't know what what your impression of it was, Ian. Like, how do you feel about DBZ? So I played it in casual, the way you're supposed to play it. If you don't know the game and you want to learn it, so that's I don't know. I had be a man. I had a good time with it. I think like uh, there are a lot of things where I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And I can definitely see where people would really enjoy it. Um, I'm still like on the fence ish. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like I'm part of me is invested where I'm like, Oh, that looks so cool. That's like really interesting. Um, but then uh, another part of me is like, mm, I'm mm-hmm. already getting, I'm already getting monster hunter. Is this really going to be for me? Should I really put my time into this? Uh, so that's that's my main thing that's holding me back is just the monster hunter looming behind me saying, hey, you're probably going to put a lot of time into this. You probably shouldn't buy another game. I feel you. I feel you for sure. And this is almost I feel like this game is almost my monster hunter in a way, like even though I had uh, I didn't have as much fun during this beta because I was just getting like spammed on over and over again. <clears throat> like uh, a big part of my brain was like. I can't wait to have this game, like have the full game and just like be like be in this and train and train and get whooped. Like I what I'm learning about myself right now is that I like get my ass beat. Yeah, I, I like getting beat beaten, you know, like in the video game, you know, like not in real. I like in the game. I like getting beaten until I'm able to rise from the ashes and be, and be like, yo, I'm coming for all y'all. What are y'all names? I'm fine. I'm finding y'all and I'm and I'm coming at you one one by one like I'm Kill Bill or something like but do I, you enjoy that? That's my question. Like, I, do you I, enjoy like not having fun for like 
two months and then being like, oh, I get it now. I think I do because I feel like in fighting games, at least there is a process of slowly getting better. And like as I'm getting beat, right, I'm still like finding people who are of the same or lower level of me that I that I that I'm climbing over. Like I'm I'm slowly getting better. I'm slowly winning more and more matches like the experience of getting better and the experience of becoming the beater. I, I, I find that gratifying in a, in a weird way. There's something about it that I that, that, that I like. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it's a thing I that I feel like it it's a thing I feel like is inherent to fighting games. Like, have you when you're playing other? I don't know how many fighting games you actually play, but like when you're playing other, is, has there been a fighting game where you're like, oh yeah, I'm all I'm all about this? Uh, probably Smash. Like I used to play mm. Smash a lot with my friends. Back yeah, in the day. and that's like a different case because Smash is more of a social kind of thing. Like there there are people who play online. It was definitely like, not. It was definitely not social for my friends and I. Oh, it was really? like bloodbath. Like we were like in it to win it. Mm-hmm. Um. And I feel like there there is a more floaty aspect to it. It is it's definitely viewed less seriously, uh, Smash in terms of other games. But like we were really serious about that game, and I definitely so so in Smash, right? My friends and I we all started on an even playing field, and then my one friend got so much better than the rest of us. But my friends and I we still had we were like good enough that we could fight against each other, and then it would be usually him versus that second person right mm-hmm. and i think that the 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 thing about smash that makes it a great game for so many people both competitively and i think socially is that everyone gets to play everyone gets to participate and i feel like when you're doing a one-on-one fighting game and you and you're still trying to learn it the person who's losing is the person who's not actively participating mm-hmm. and i feel like that's one of the biggest reasons why i don't like learning fighting game in fighting games in the early stages because it feels as though i'm just getting my ass beat and i'm dumb and i don't understand what's going on yeah. And I would rather have somebody say, hey, like I would rather have a friend next to me and be like, hey, like this is what's going on. This is like a, the right way to defend it. Try try this out. And then we go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, to- I totally feel you. And I think that's also that also has to do with different ways of thinking, because like with with me, my the way I learn, I, I like I, I'm very much like a learn by doing kind of person. And like, I don't like mm. I'm not really into stuff like tutorials or I'm not even when it comes to people teaching me. Like, I hate learning new processes at work because they involve somebody teaching me. I'd rather be like, hey, go away. Let me just struggle with this thing until I get it, because there's something about getting instruction from people that just doesn't register with me in, a, in some weird way. I don't know what it is about my brain. I don't know what it is about my learning process. But I, I prefer to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to go into training mode and I'm going to memorize these combos. Okay, I'm going to go, like, I'm going to see if I can chain. The, and it's also the discovery aspect, too, of, like, you can go on YouTube and figure out what combos chain together and, like, what's going to get the most health from your opponent, how to punish people and all that stuff. Or I, you can do what I do. And this isn't really – this definitely keeps me from being the best of any of anything in terms of, like, fighting games and being competitive on that stuff is that like for me i'm like okay i'm just gonna experiment and figure out what works best for me and i'm gonna be going to training mode okay i'm gonna try and ke- can this combo tr- uh, chain to this combo okay let me let me test it no all right what about this to this okay yeah okay let me keep that let me keep practicing that and it's so it i prefer going into things blind because i like the aspect of discovery and i think it's one of the reasons why i still why i, I like mario mario odyssey like I love it as much as I do because I like the process of discovery, and the same thing kind of goes into fighting games for me. Is where where I'm like I like figuring these things out. Uh, that's like a huge that's like, that's a huge part of it for me in this weird way. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed the beta though. I like, know, I'm I'm I don't know I'm not like that. I, yeah. I did also enjoy the beta, but I only played casual, and I 
I felt like playing casual, I was actually, it was at a pace where I was able to understand the game and I could actually like get what was going on and like learn from it and like understand the different mechanics. I feel like that, maybe that way works for some people, but it definitely doesn't work for me. Yeah. I'd rather I, I, have someone like sit down and be like, yo, like this is a good idea. This is a bad idea. Let's yeah. figure it out. And then you learn by doing, I'm, I'm weird. you learn by doing after the fact. Yeah. I for sure acknowledge, right, like, acknowledge that I'm a, I'm a weirdo when it comes to that. Like I'm definitely in the minority. Well, I, I, the thing is, I feel like you're not because I feel like I know so many people who are like, like let's play a fighting game, and then they play the fighting game, and, and I'm like, yo, like you should try this, and they're like, dude, fuck out of here, let me learn, let me figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm teaching you, that's how learning works. Yeah. And they're like, you want me to learn it myself? And I'm like, all right, yeah. Fine. But that's definitely that's definitely me, and that's me with any game. Like because what I realized, because I have that, I get that a lot when I'm playing team games, is that like I'll be playing PUBG, right? And like for when I was I was playing a match like a couple days ago where we got to like top three or whatever and it was like me and two other people and this dude was and like one of my teammates who was out already they were like hey like uh look at look at this in your inventory see if see if you have this in your inventory and as soon as I and I'm like in my, in my head I'm like I know I shouldn't open up open up my inventory right now because I do if I do somebody's gonna see me and they're gonna shoot at me I'm not gonna be there to protect myself but I but I was just like well I don't want to. I want to be a team player, and so I'm going to look at my inventory. As soon as I look at my inventory, I get shot. And, like, and the same thing happens when I'm playing, like, multiplayer in Destiny. Somebody's like, oh, he's over there, he's over there. Or, like, hey, try to do this, try to do this, do this, do this. And when I, whenever I do something that somebody else tells me to do, that's when I lose. Because I, I feel like, at least for me, I work at such a different wavelength than other people that, like, when they're like, hey, do this, they have a, spe- they have a specific... Uh, kind of routine in mind as far as like how they think like they're like when when they say do this what they really mean is do this while at the same time checking for your doing, surroundings doing while xyz yeah. yeah exactly but uh, but when i hear just do this all i understand is do this so i'm like i guess, I guess i'm gonna do this thing and then i get killed because i wasn't doing xyz <laughs> and so yeah. like and i i get and i get and i think uh, another big part of it is like individuality in terms of the way i enjoy games like since i'm more i am definitely more of like a single player person and i'm definitely more of a i'm going to enjoy something uh by my lonesome type player i think that's part of why i like finding games because that because finding games are kind of like my multiplayer go-to as far as that because i like the 1v1 aspect of it and i, and I like mm-hmm. the coming i like coming at situations with my own style <laughs> i like coming <laughs> i like coming at situations with my own style that's a sound bite right there <laughs> with my own style and my own like flair and being like okay i did i did all this by myself dad like that's how that's that's kind of how i feel about it and my my argument with that right is that like in nine times out of ten in video games there is an optimized path there is, there is a yeah. best way to do it and it's it's not like in the real world where like there isn't a there is not a necessarily 100% effective way to do something but in video games more often than not there is a most effective way there is a there is a way that is the most effective and i feel mm. like if i'm not giving people the tools right like for example if i if i'm teaching someone a fighting game and i don't teach them how to block i'm an asshole mm-hmm. i'm not teaching them the most effective way to play defense now another way to play defense is jumping Another way to play defense technically is by playing offense yeah, yeah. is being so offensive. You don't need to do defense, but if I completely don't, if I don't give them all the tools to succeed, then I'm a bad teacher. And I feel like by just giving someone a controller and being like, yo, here's the buttons. Good luck. I, I'm 100% with you. Like as far, as far as okay, there are, there is 100% an optimized way to play games. And that's one, that's one of the reasons why, that's one thing I don't like about video games as a medium is that like a lot of times they're like, that's my example with persona five. Right, like I'm playing Persona Five for mm. ninety hours or whatever, 
and like there is a perfect way to play Persona Five. Like you could mm-hmm. there there if you look on the internet, there is a day by day instruction thing of like everything you do from you can you should do in Persona Five to play the game perfectly. And like I message you guys all the time where I'm like I can't I can't stay in the dungeons in this game. I can't stay in this. I can't stay in that about this game. Um, and my response is always the response is always uh, mad because bad, right? Like I'm uh, no, my, my response is always use the guide. Yeah, no, and I'm and I hate that. That's the thing. That's the thing that I hate. I don't. Feel, I feel like video games shouldn't be made for you to read a thing and play. The, I'd rather just play a game. I don't want to look at a guide. I I I I, I, I don't want to like the only time I look, I look at a guide every now and then for, for actually no the only time I look at a guide for Persona is when I'm doing the um the the uh the confidant when you had to like find the specific personas um the jailers their persona thing that's the only time i do it because i'm like that i like legitimately cannot figure out but like i hate 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 playing video games with guides unless it's like a very deep puzzle game like it's persona 5 persona 5 i'm like dude this is a game it's an rpg i should be this character should be a portrayal portrayal of me in this world i don't want to i don't want it to be portrayal of sam who made the guide like and yeah and i in in a weird convoluted way this that funnels back to my fighting game thing of like i i i know there is or fighting games are kind of are kind of a different thing because there's there's an optimized way and i'm not and you should for sure like teach people how to guard and like if they don't know basic things or if they're getting beat over and over again there are things you should you should teach them but at the same time i like the idea of formulating my own style and figuring out my own play style and kind of going there going into fights with my own flair and with my own kind of with my own work behind it and being proud of the the training that i've done uh to come into that battle with you feel me yeah i mean there is a sense of pride and accomplishment for of doing it yourself and like figuring out like oh shit this works really well i'm really glad i found this mm-hmm. but i feel like i don't know yeah i think it's just i good. think there's a happy medium i think that it's i think that it's a um it is a case-by-case basis. Yeah, exactly. Where, I think like, it, I think it is. Two I don't feel. Ways. I feel zero qualms using a guide in Persona because, to me, not playing it the the way that it, the game was designed (air quotes) prevents you from from seeing content that you otherwise would have to play another hundred hours, which again is not optimal for for your time. Yeah. Right. And I would argue that that's not good game design. Like, if you have to play use a guide to play a game, the uh, the way it's meant to be played, or to play a game. In a, in a way so that you can see the the content that you should be able to see it's not it's i like especially in person like in most in most games like there there are guides you need to use in order to get to the secret content or the true ending and things like that that i'm fine with for persona the game is specifically made for you to play it in a specific way that you would have to look at a guide in order to play it like perfectly and that's like i mean you could look at it in a sense that like finding out that perfect route is part of the gameplay but at the same time i'm like why would you play something where you have to look at a guide in order to play it play it decently or adequately Mm. yeah like i mean that's just that's just the game that's the game you're dealing with like really difficult rpgs there are like optimal optimal paths and i think that there are some people that like when I say I use a guide in Persona, their ears are like, oh my god, yeah. they cover their ears. That, They're like, how do you, you don't experience the game? And I'm like, 
if I don't do things in a specific way, then I won't get a good ending slash I won't get the best ending slash I won't even see half the content. Yeah, but you don't think that's like a, that's a bad like that's a bad decision on the on oh, the I'm developers. Not, I'm, I'm not saying it's good game design. Yeah. I, I actually am. I'm agreeing with you that there to some extent. I feel like that is bad game design but you're also talking to the guy that thinks that it shouldn't be 130 hours right like yeah but this is the thing this is the same thing we had with persona 4 which is like 80 hours or 70 hours that like to play and especially in, in the in the one part of the game that makes you do this or else you get essentially a bad ending like there is a there is a certain dialogue uh, tree in that game where if you don't hit this dialogue tree perfectly and it's very hard to hit this dialogue tree perfectly you just get the bad ending mm-hmm. of the game and i'm like that's bad game design like, in yeah, that's. I mean, I don't think there's any for me at least. I don't think there's any way around explaining like that as being like fun to do. Like l- looking stuff up to me, unless it's in the game where I'm looking it up, or or unless it's part of the game for me to look like it's a third, it's a real life hybrid experience of the game. Unless it's part of the game design for me to be to want to look things up. I feel like for a game to ask you or for a game to kind of require you to look things up is not good design. Like it should be in the game. Or you should be able to play a game without doing that stuff. I am. I am H O. I am H O. But yeah, Dragon Ball Fighters though, I think it's cool. It's it's definitely a cool game. I definitely can't wait to get the full game, uh, so I can see how that is because I'm I'm really excited, and it I've been waiting for a Dragon Ball fighting game that I like for for since since Tenkaichi three, and so this is a very exciting time for me. But uh, as far as other things I've been up to this week, there has been um, well one before I get into it. Really, I want to talk about the Kirby responses I've been getting since last week's podcast. Because last week, last week's podcast, we were talking about Kirby, and I essentially said that like I there is no such thing as a Kirby fan. And let me tell you, I was wrong. Like Twitter, let me know real quick that people, I, well, Twitter is actually pretty fair with me to be honest. Like Twitter. People, a lot of people on Twitter on Twitter were like, "Yeah, I'm, I don't know if I consider myself like a big Kirby fan, but I do like these games." And I, there's a person that uh, tweeted me the the GameCube Kirby game. I think it's called Kirby Air Ride or something like that. Uh, and then like you you even hit me up, Ian, and you were like, "Oh yeah, dude, Kirby 64 is my jam." Like, yeah, it's one of my favorite games. Yeah, and like I just never heard anybody say that before. Like this the, this is legit the first time where I'm, where I'm hearing somebody say like, "Oh yeah, this Kirby game is one of my favorite games," and so. Shout out to shout out to Kirby people, uh y'all y'all have shown me the light. There's that. There is the Nintendo Labo trailer that I want to say real quick since it's not in our topic. Uh, shout out to that. That seems cool. I know people. There was somebody on Twitter that was like, I can't wait to hear Blessing and Alex and Ian's opinion on this. Um, and yeah, my opinion is that it looks really cool. It's definitely like a dope thing for kids, and it's definitely it's what I like from Nintendo as far as them being creative and out of the box no pun intended do you want to hear my full thoughts on it yeah i think it's genius yeah like like genius i actually do think it's like really really smart why so and so nintendo always does something that is again like you said no no pun intended but outside the box right and usually it takes something it takes something that is popular in the gaming space and then turns it on its head, right? Mm-hmm. So, like for example, DLC. What was their what was their way of combating DLC? Amiibo. It was Amiibo, yeah. right? People are much more willing to buy a physical product and then get DLC after the fact, even if they don't know what it is, right? Yep. And I feel like that the Amiibo was a complete gear shift in DLC after Nintendo did that. Not for every company, 
But I definitely think that that was like a huge mental shift for a lot of people when the Amiibo came out. Mm -hmm. And now a big talking point now are loot boxes and like VR, right? VR is virtual reality, right? Something that you can create in a digital space and interact with, right? With controllers, right? As a surrogate reality. Mm -hmm. But instead of doing that, Nintendo says, no, here's like, we're going to send you something and you create it, you build it. You build these like pseudo machines using our tech to create these like half do it yourself, half like we provide the materials or whatever, and then go at it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And like, I, and I me, think that's genius, honestly. I think, I think it's really smart. And like, when I first saw it, I didn't realize there was software with it. And so I got really, I got kind of scared. I was like, oh, so it's just like Arthur Crass. When I realized, oh, it comes with software, I thought that, like, I, I think it's super cool in terms of how it can be used for whether at home for kids, maybe in classrooms, if a teacher has a switch and and like, like I could, I could, I could, I could picture ways that that could be used, um, especially in like an art class. Uh, I could see, I, I could see the way that maybe third party developers get involved and like, they're like, okay, cool. We're going to make our own kind of add on for Labo and we're going to make like Ubisoft is like, okay, here's a rabid type thing that you can create and like whoa you can make it like walk or something like that right and like what if they made it what if they made a labo of the hidden blade <laughs> i mean sure well i mean that's a not, i mean i don't I'm, think I'm, giving I, kids I, blades yeah is i a picture good it with idea, a kid but, saying, like, but yeah i feel, like, I feel but what you mean. that's a mechanical thing of things moving and stuff like that and like maybe i don't know oh, I, that, I, that I, was again, not maybe not very good for kids but like that as a concept idea. it's dope yeah like that would be, that would, that would yeah. be totally cool and like I could see, like for example, the there was the airplane. I I think I've only watched this commercial or the trailer once, uh, and that was like a couple days ago. But there was like the tr- the uh, a plane one, I think that like a kid was flying around, right? And what if like you put the screen in that, and like a third a third party developer sees that and is like, I can create a game game with that, and they and they and they make something cool with it, right? Or like an indie dev or something like that. Like I could see cool applications for it that uh, provide a lot of options as far as being super creative uh, with that thing. And so yeah, I'm I'm totally down for it. Now give us Smash, Nintendo. That's what I want. They're not gonna give you Smash until you think they're never gonna give it to you. That's the truest thing I've heard all day. That's like legit. I've not heard truer words. Speaking of truer words, Iron Man Two is an excellent movie. Uh, let me not say excellent because I said that on Twitter and people got mad. Iron Man Two, pretty good. I watched it this last weekend for our Marvel marathon and uh, enjoyed it. I've always really, I've always liked that movie a lot. Uh, when I first watched it, I I think I claimed that it was my favorite Iron Man movie. Um, especially after seeing three, I was like, oh yeah, Iron Man two is my favorite. Not understanding that a lot of people really dislike Iron Man two. Going back and watching it now for the marathon, Iron Man one is one hundred percent better. I'm totally wrong. Iron Man one is definitely better than I'm Iron Man two. Totally wrong. Yeah, I was totally off. But Iron Man two is still like I I. One, it's as far as the entertainment factor, it is supremely entertaining. Like the characters, the, the villains, especially like uh, the combination of what's his name, Whiplash, and the tech guy. The, that combination of characters, as far as the villain, I thought was uh, magnificent, fantastic. Because it was the combination of hilarious and like I thought the whip thing was cool. Yeah. So there's that, and then um, the whole. It's it did a lot of setting up for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which kind of took away from the movie a bit, but also added a bit after seeing Avengers and stuff. Because after seeing where the where the universe has been, seeing Nick Fury, seeing Scarlett Johansson, um, even seeing like Happy after being uh, him being in Spider Man Homecoming, like seeing these characters has been seeing those characters was kind of awesome. Um, 
and yeah overall it's cool it didn't have the groundedness of iron man one iron man one was very like we're gonna show why tony's a genius we're gonna show tony kind of like getting out of this this um this situation without even a suit and like the suit being birthed from that it was such, it, iron man was such a good origin story and such a good movie period um in iron man 2 i think it was like just pretty good and i thought followed it up pretty nicely and so i can't wait till i think this week we're watching thor and so i'll hit you, I'll hit you guys up next week with my thor thoughts um speaking of marvel though i've also been watching angels of shield and let me tell you man Earlier this week, I was like, I was on a random, like, kind of like craving type deal. I was like, I'm going to watch an episode of Agents of the Shield, the current season, because they started a new season and they're like seven episodes in. Watched the first episode, then immediately binged the rest of the season in a day. Agents of Shield, I'm going to put it up there. I think it's my favorite television series, like, period, um, on TV right now, at least. Like, I don't know if I'll put it up there with Fresh Prince, but like, as far as TV, it's on, as far as television, uh, shows it's on television right now. Ages of Shield is up there, like top tier for me. It is super good. The current season, they're on some like crazy stuff. I'm not gonna spoil it, but like every season, they up the ante in this crazy way, and the characters are just very well done, especially now, especially Fitz. Um, Fitz is like my favorite character on TV right now. Uh, Ages of Shield, though, if you don't watch it, I 100% recommend it. It's my favorite comic book show. Period. Uh, so there's that. Finished Life is Strange, uh, episode three. Love that game. I thought it ended pretty well. Uh, and yeah, I'm su- I'm still surprised it's as good as it is, especially considering the circumstances of them taking away the powers and it being a, a prequel and all this stuff. They somehow made it work, and it's somehow I feel like it's an adequate uh, follow up to the original Life is Strange. So shout out to them for making that. Shout out to it's not Don't Nod, it's um Deck Nine. So shout out to Deck Nine for doing that. And then yeah, last thing I did is I play Trackmania Turbo, which, that's a game. That is a game that exists. I played it on the Xbox One because it was free, and it was free a few months ago, and that game was actually pretty fun. I streamed it last night while nobody was looking, and just to see if I could pull off a streaming without, like, Alex or anybody noticing, and I did, and so that was fun. Uh, and, yeah, I had a shout-out to Case of Bros for coming and be, like, being my lone viewer. Uh, Trackmania Turbo, if you're unfamiliar, it's essentially a racing game. It's like an arcade kind of racer, and it's really cool. There's a lot of tracks on it. They're pretty turbo. Tons. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, great. that's pretty much that's pretty much been me this week. Uh, well, let's get into the topic. This topic is more serious. I think the reason why we're trying to drag out the beginning part of the podcast is because we both don't want to talk about the next topic. Exactly. But I think I'm, we kind of have to. Now we kind of ha- we kind of have to. And so this one hit me hard because like, uh. We're talking about Quantic Dream, and Quantic Dream is... I've said this before. I think I've said this on, like, one of our first podcasts, that Quantic Dream is one of my favorite developers. And I usually get, like, a question mark from people when I say that. They're like, wait, what? Like, Quantic Dream? But I really like what they do. I think what they do is great for the video game industry as far as the types of games they make and making them cinematic and doing something different that is stylistically very, very cool and very well done. And, like, as far as you... Like, they have better... um, uh. Uh, UI, I feel like than than a lot of other games I play, the 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 stories I feel like they make are pretty interesting. I feel like they, they I feel like they do a lot of things well in the in the games they make. Uh, there was a report that came out, and I'm just gonna read it from uh, Kotaku straight up, and then we'll get it straight into our talking about our actual topic. So, <clears throat> the title of it is called David Cage's Quantic Dream, accused of being a toxic workplace. 
Um, this is coming from Kotaku. And so it says, reports in three separate French outlets depict a pattern of inappropriate behavior, sexist and homophobic jokes, and an overall toxic environment at Quantic Dream, something the video game studio's exec- executives strongly deny. And there was an update that I'll just put right here um, in the story that says at 3.05 p.m., I guess the same day that this went up, it, said, it says, in response to a request for comment, co-CEO Guillaume de Fondemer gave Kotaku the following statement. Quantic Dream categorically denies the allegations. As for myself, I'm furious and outraged by these accusations, which I take very seriously, and I will take all possible legal actions to defend my honor, which is the most gangster thing I've ever read in my life. But the original story <laughs> <laughs> the original story follows. According to Luan's report, by way of Eurogamer, five former employees filed a complaint in spring of 2017 against the company and one of its employees for circulating degrading images. In February of 2017, a trove of 600 photoshops, photoshops of various employees that were homophobic or sexist in nature, and some of which inc- even included Nazi symbols, um, was discovered by an IT manager who had been the subject of one of them. These files dated back to 2013, with some even displayed in the open spaces. Although studio heads David Cage and Galom, I'm not going to say his full name because it's difficult, claimed they, were, they weren't aware of the offensive ones. You can see a small sample of the types of photoshops discovered over at Canard PC. One includes a picture of a male stripper with David Cage's head holding a power tool with a dildo affixed to the end of it. Despite 83% of the 180-person studio behind Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls consisting of men, Cage told the Le Monde uh, that the Le Monde is repetitive. The Le Monde that Quantic Dream <laughs> was not like a rugby locker room. According to an email sent on February 27th, 2017, obtained by Le Monde, the the guy whose name I can't pronounce recognized that the photoshops had existed for years and were a mistake. The outlet reports that for for the former employees who filed the complaint, the issues is less with particular instances of offensive office jokes, but rather the overall toxic work environment that the allegedly that they were allegedly that they allegedly were born from. Sorry, this is like translated, and so there's some there is some grammatical weird weirdness. Frenchisms. Frenchisms. This includes allegations of long work weeks, sexual misconduct at work parties, and occasional racism. <laughs> occasional racism is a funny term. Uh, racism is my um is my indie band name. I'm trying to see how much of this is left. Okay, it's almost done. Two people, two two people told the paper that once, after reviewing surveillance footage of a burglary at the company, Cage asked an employee of Tunisian descent if one of the perpetrators in the video was their cousin. <laughs> Yo, I, I've not read this full Whoa. story before. I did not know that was a part of this story. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I did not know that was part of the story. Calling these charges... That's horrible. <laughs> Calling these char- charges and others absurd, Cage told LeMond, per Eurogamer. Um, and I'll, I'll end with this quote, because it goes on, but this is the last quote, quote I want to I read, and this is from David Cage. You want to talk about homophobia? I work... I work with Ellen Page, who fights for LGBT rights. You want to talk about racism? I work with Jesse Williams, who fights for civil, civil rights in the USA. Judge me by my work. And so I'm going to end, end the reading of Kotaku's article there. Yo, that is wild, though, that he said that. <laughs> Apparently, allegedly, he said that. Um, but this is what I want to know, because I, I wrote down the topic here, and I'll read what I have as a topic. It says, when your fave is problematic. Piggybacking off of this, right, off this whole quantum dream situation. When your fave is problematic, yeah. Uh, 
and and the culture that we live that we've lived in lived in in recent months how do you feel or how do you deal when something you love falls under controversy especially like this because we've seen it with like from people in the industry love exact for example like aziz ansari like I'm, i've always been a fan of his work or like max landis who i know we both are like huge fans of max landis and like they're and I, they're Naughty Dog, for example. Or I loved Last of Us, right? Like there, there are plenty of people who we can think of, especially in recent months, that have fallen under different types of controversy and harsh criticism. Harsh criticism. How do you deal with it? Like, how do we deal with it? I'm gonna pass it to you first because I've been talking for a while. Like, so yeah. I I think the first thing I have to say is that it's very easy for me to rip on your hero, right? To rip mm-hmm. on someone you look up to, right? Yeah. And I think I'm 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 glad that we have two scenarios that are kind of op- opponent pairs, right? You like David Cage. I've never liked David Cage. Mm-hmm. I think he's a hack. Again, mm-hmm. not to not to diss on you personally for your taste or whatever. You're not the first. I one think said he's. This. I think he's a hack. I think a lot of his stuff. I think Heavy Rain was really good. <clears throat> Everything else I didn't connect with, and I feel like a lot of his stuff seems to be like one step removed from reality it's like in this really weird horny french reality that is not real every one Mm -hmm. of his games has a shower scene that's really that includes nudity uh ellen page is is or was no was suing him slash won the suit because david cage made the animators create a naked 3d model of her body and that 3d model got out Mm -hmm. and they and ellen page sued him for that so he's a like in my head he's a scumbag i don't like the guy and when he says, look at my work, all of his work is creepy, weird French shower scenes. So, like, I don't really have much to say off of that. Besides Heavy Rain. Again, Heavy Rain, I think, is a, is a solid narrative in some parts. A solid story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. He says a lot of shitty things in that interview. Like, oh, well, judge me by my work. I know Ellen Page. Well, you you know Ellen Page, but you don't really know. You're not friends with her. She hates you. She sued you. Mm-hmm. You created weird naked 3D porn of her and now she despises you and she never wants to work with you again. And like the racist stuff, he's like, oh, well, I'm working with the dude from uh, that actor. What's his name? Uh, Jesse... Jesse Williams. Jesse Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, well, you know, I know Jesse Williams and I'm working with him. He's doing the defense of every racist white dude where it's like, yo, I can say the N word. I have a black friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think that that defense from someone in power at a company who like p- apparently people called him the sun God and like there yeah. are other reports coming out like that they forced them to work 90 hour work weeks. Fuck that. Like that's awful. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's the, ridiculous. That's one part where I was like, well, that's, that's the one part where I was like, that kind of applies to every video game company. Cause I've, I've that's a thing that you hear over and over and not saying that's, that's, I mean, that's obviously a bad thing, right? Don't make your, your employees work 90 hours. Uh, but that's that's something that's like that's very common in the industry now uh, nowadays that like they make their they make guess, their employers. But, but work. I'm saying that only re- reiterates the mental image in my mind of this guy of like he's a scumbag. He doesn't give a shit about his workers. Mm-hmm. He like people call him the Sun King. He says racist ass jokes. He doesn't give a shit. Like he's the CEO. Like mm-hmm. that's that's my image of him, right? But back to you're saying, what do we do, right? Yeah, I think that we need to. We need to, when we're really passionate about something something or somebody, right? And that becomes problematic. I think that as fans, we need to not say anything. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what we say, positive or negative, or si- siding with anybody, right? It, it becomes a thing where it's 
Like, for example, Max Landis, right? You, you mentioned Max Landis, right? Mm-hmm. I love Max Landis as a creator. He inspires me in a lot of ways, and his his art in a lot of ways, his his show that he just made, Dirk Gently, is one of my favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm saying that straight up for transparency. And I think that you personally, as the as the individual, need to learn to separate the art as best you can if you still if you still want to enjoy it, right? Mm-hmm. But as a fan in the public space in the internet, you need to, I think, just keep your mouth shut because I think that if people know you're a fan of this person and you real and like you find out that they're problematic, any opinion that you give, I think, will be, will be occupying the space of someone who's trying to come forward with the truth, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you coming out and being like, oh, "I really like Max Landis." It's it's unfortunate that he did this. Makes it kind of downplaying the trauma that this person went through. If if this is like, it, I, I don't remember exactly what he was accused for, but I, like, yeah, if they went through horrible trauma, right? Like in general, right? Mm. And his stuff wasn't really like, specific, right? Like his stuff was more just broad, like he was I, harassing people. Like he's the douchebag, I yeah. think. Yeah, like that's that's like what the feeling I had from it or whatever. Um, and like, but with the David Cage, Cage stuff, it's very specific, right? And like, yeah. I think that if you as a David Cage fan, you, you went out and you're like, yo, fuck all y'all. David Cage is the right, he, like he didn't do anything wrong. You're taking up the space of someone who like put themselves out there to be like, yo, fuck my job, I guess. This guy sucks. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I feel like that, like when it comes to like, people say like safe spaces, right? I don't think necessarily a safe, a universally safe space exists, but I do think that when you say space, the, your voice, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say, uh, you wouldn't say, uh, hail Satan in a church. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say, I'm going to throw up right now at a bulimia, like mm-hmm. office, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just things that you don't say, right. When you're occupying certain physical spaces in the real world. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that also applies to a certain degree in the online spaces like Twitter, especially during big controversies, especially during, during things where things are very po- problematic. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's my philosophy. It happened. I didn't talk about it. I talked to you guys personally about it, like one-on-one in like via chat. And then I said, you know, what? let me take a step back and let me think, about how I connect with this person and their art. And let me see if that's worth it. Let me see if that that mental connection to this human being is worth it. And if it's not, then I just separate myself from that person. And I just say, hey, I really like Dirk Gently. I don't know who made it. You know, forget it. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's... Sorry if that was rambly, by the way. No, it's hard. It, it's, it, it's good. Because I, I now I'm like, man, maybe I should have gone first. Because yeah, I think you just hit, hit out of the park with, with all of what you just said. Especially don't, don't hit, say hell Satan in the church. I feel like sums up a lot of the and in terms of the in terms of the space thing that sums up how to operate uh on the internet in general uh for for a lot of people and i i think for me too i'm i'm in sort of an opposite situation as far as like max landis for example where max landis as far as the products he makes i don't really like any of his movies or any of his like any of his tv shows or any like any of that like everything he makes i'm usually not a fan of it's back in fact like the things i can think of i actually like dislike like bright i tried watching and i was like i just don't like this Max Landis, I'm a fan of, like, as a person, like, as a personality on podcasts. Like, I'll, I'll, I listen to podcasts that I don't usually listen to because Max Landis, Max Landis Max is on, it, is on yeah. yeah. And so, like, that's what that's that's another facet of what makes it hard for me when it comes to stuff like that, right? Where, like, and with Quantic Dream, right, it's easier for me because I, I like their, I like what they make. Right. I don't know any, I don't know anything about David Cage as a person, right? I don't know, like, I don't know anything about the people at that studio all i know is 
uh, Fahrenheit, which came out on PS2, um, Heavy Rain, and Beyond Two Souls. That's all. That's all I know, right? And so when I say that I'm, they're, they're my favorite developer, I mean like they make my favorite products. And that almost I also kind of circle circles around to. There's something I've always said, which is, and this is kind of in an, in antithesis to what you're saying, is that like I can't really separate, and I, and I don't believe you sh- people should have to separate the art from the artist, and that's usually in reference to music or more individualized art such as like indie games where there's like one person on working on the game right like usually like i there there's a video i made last year where it's about this artist um uh, named xxxtentacion who makes a lot of and we've talked about him before on this podcast uh who makes a lot of violent music and makes a lot of like aggressive emotional music a lot of music that regard that that's about depression and about these different things right and you paying attention to his lifestyle seeing where he came from seeing where he's at uh and listen to his music all plays a role in each other because that uh they have that interaction uh um like both his personality and both his music have that have that interaction and then there's a certain point with him specifically who's this like violent like rapper dude right who uh he there's a there's a certain point where i'm like okay i just can't I can't talk about this guy and I'm talking about him right now. So I'm kind of breaking the rule, but I, I just can't talk about this guy uh, <laughs> on a podcast or on like, I can't, I can't champion this guy at least like, because, because of how far he's gone with some of his offenses and, and some of the things he's done. I can't like be like, I can't tell people to listen to him anymore, like on, on mm-hmm. media. Um, and that's where I've gotten with him where I can't separate the art from the artist. I, I just had to like be, I, I, cause I feel like that comes as one package, bringing it back to, uh, um, Max Landis, right? I don't know how to, I don't know how to deal with it because being a fan of him as a personality, right? And he's in he's in a place where he hasn't. I don't I don't think he still said anything about it. Like I think he just stopped tweeting um, when that stuff stuff start, started to come out. And so like for him, I still haven't resolved like how to feel about with him, right? And then <clears throat> and I can kind of make this case for like pretty much everyone else, right? Aziz and Sorry, and a lot of this is case by case basis because with because Aziz and Sorry and Sorry stuff. I feel like that's more contextualized. That's just, that's something that uh, we would have to talk about specifically. I don't know all the de- details with that, but I know enough to know that like it's that's more of a multi-layered thing to talk about as far as far as talking about the stuff he was accused of and stuff that he did and and, and all that. Um, and speaking of layers, by the way, mm-hmm. I think that this kind of circles back to what we were talking about before in our private chat together. Mm-hmm. Is that every single issue that you encounter, especially on this like big deeper level? like uh these big controversies i mean mm-hmm. it's always multi-layered yeah it's never like very rarely is it a thing where like person sucks they're awful human being open and shut case it's very rarely like that yeah right obviously in cases of rape or like in cases of sexual assault that's not what i'm trying to say those are definitely things where it's yeah. like it's pretty open and shut for the most part but like in terms of like the max landis stuff in terms of your connection to a creator right i think that it's multi-layered in the fact that when you consume art, kind of like when you consume food, right? You take it in to your body, you you process it, and then you create something out of it too. Your emotions, your response, your thoughts, those are yours. Even though they were created by listening to this product or to this, like whatever, those thoughts, emotions, and feelings are yours. And I think mm-hmm. that you are able to hold on to those things in a positive way and still be able to disassociate yourself from the person creating it yeah i think you know what i mean like if someone if someone told me hey by the way the creator of pokemon and digimon killed a a hundred people okay i'm not gonna buy i'm not gonna 
monetarily support them anymore obviously because that's awful mm-hmm. that's that's a and b i'm i'm very happy for all the positive emotions and positive thoughts and and how these shows changed me as a kid but i don't think that necessarily takes anything away from my childhood yeah because those th- those things are in the past in a moment right and that i already processed through this this material and i think like I think part of that is difficult because of the nature of the way things things are created. Because when I think of, for example, my example is JonTron, right? When JonTron mm-hmm. said all the things he said, like for those who are unfamiliar, JonTron said like a lot of very racist things. Like I'm not even gonna, I'm not pulling punches. He's he said very racist things. And if you want to say the things he didn't say were racist, listen again. Things he said were very racist. Every time I see a JonTron video on YouTube, I can't. I, I can't click on it anymore and it sucks because he's done stuff with channels that i watch every day like did you know gaming is a channel i'm subscribed to and is a channel i, I consume yep. every day all he's, the normal boots guys yeah exactly jared like, the yeah. completionist yeah. like absolutely love their Fair videos um but JonTron is in multiple of them and whenever they come up on my playlist i'm like okay i, I got i gotta skip it because like it, it's it's not just a thing of like morally i'm like well i i'm above this so i can't listen to it no it's a thing of like I can't listen to this because I can't enjoy it. Like if John, if JonTron yeah, is making a thing, yeah. I can't I can't enjoy that thing because in my mind I'm like, well, he's the same guy that said all this stuff. He obviously has a has a very specific opinion about people that look like me, and so I'm I can't I can't listen to this. I can't watch this, right? And when translating that to something like the this David Cage stuff, right, or even like the Naughty Dog stuff, right, or stuff that has to do with like game studios. It's difficult for me. Like this, this is where the divide comes in for me, and I don't want to know what you think about this too. Is the fact that like David Cage is one person at, in this like in this big studio, right? Same with like Pokemon. Like if if one guy who or if like the CEO of Pokemon or whatever Pokemon team, right, did like killed a guy or like or went out and spouted like a bunch of like hate, hateful stuff, and his five hundred employees aren't aren't with that and they worked very hard on this game and even though he did all this stuff they still like they still poured their heart and soul into it and want people to buy this thing and enjoy it i feel like it's still i i i feel like it it's hard there's that there's that divide like if 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 you feel me like for for me there's also the game of there's the um the last night right which was uh i think that was at this last e3 at the microsoft conference and that's an indie game and like the main the main dude behind that game uh, had some controversial stuff come out about him. Like right after that trailer appeared, there was a, there were whole stories about him, like coming out in support of GamerGate and saying like a bunch of awful stuff online. And that's a game made by a couple of people, made by a few people. And so like I I, I essentially like I kind of ignore that game whenever it comes up. I pretty much I'm pretty much just like I'm on blackout on that game. I kind of really don't care after seeing what that like what that dude had to say. I'm kind of not supporting this project. And it's easy because it's one dude. When it comes to the studio where where there's multiple people, where there's like like hundreds of people working on a game, that's where it gets difficult for me. And I'm I, I'm faced with the choice of do I buy and support this thing because there this studio is more than just uh Guillaume, whatever his name was that I can't pronounce and David Cage uh or am i or am i like do i am i i'm gonna write this thing off because of all these people or be or because of the the works of these two people um or these four people however many people at the studio are being dumb it it gets hard uh 
It, yeah, and that's what I'm trying to say from before is that it's all multi-layered, right? Yeah, I think, exactly. I think in this very specific issue where you're like, you have Max Landis's stuff, his name is on the front, he's the one who wrote it, he's the one who produced it, mm-hmm. he is a he is associated with the product. Yeah. Right? But there's people so, who act in those things. But though. there's people who acted in it, right? Yeah. Like, he didn't he didn't act in it, right? Yeah. And I'm sure but the actors without him, it hard. wouldn't have been created because he's the one who wrote it, right? Yeah. So it becomes this weird nebulous thing where, like, like I think that when it comes to an actor or a creator, a direct, like, you, if you have a direct line with a creator, John Tron makes those videos, he stars in the videos, he edits them, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, you have a direct one-to-one, right? There's not a um, a separation, right? Mm-hmm. But with someone like a writer, like a Max Landis, there's there's points of separation where there's, well, he wrote it, but there are actors that played in it, there are directors, there are cameramen, there are audio technicians, there's, like, all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get to the point with Aziz Ansari, right? Like, where Aziz Ansari comedy has a different tinge to it, right? Right, because he's just by himself. Yeah. But what about not what is it called again? Masters not of None. Family. What his show? Um, Masters Masters of None. Masters of None, right? So like, tons of people like that show, but he's he acts as the main character. But there are yeah. tons of other actors in it, right? And like, there's a there's something else. Um. So again, it becomes harder and harder, and everyone has their own separating point depending upon what the person did and what exactly their faults were, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that the the long story, the long and short of it is, is that it's difficult. You need to determine what you think is good for you. Uh, I think you should you shouldn't silence the voices of those who are hurt by any situation, especially those if it's especially in a public space or in a in a private space or in a online space. You should let those people say what they need to say, especially if they've gone through a horrible trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, and I think that the last the, my last point is that you shouldn't you shouldn't feel guilty about the emotions that you had and the love that you had for this piece of art just because the the creator is shitty because you had no control over that right Mm -hmm. and i think that like i said before it's like food you consume content your your mind creates memories and you have these emotions right and i think those emotions are are uniquely yours you had this feeling from this thing and i think that should be cherished i think that these like if, if anything makes you feel something that should be important right yeah and I also think another thing to be said, too, is to remember that, like, you don't necessarily know these people. Like, you know, like, a lot of these people, you know their products. But, like, I, because the easy, the easy thing for me to do, right, when these stories came out about David Cage was for me, uh, the easy thing for me to do is to come out and be like, no, nah, I don't believe these things about David Cage. Show me the receipts. Show me this, like, show, like, show me more proof. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's really, like, and to come out and to come out in straight defense. But, like, I don't know David Cage. Like, I don't know his personality. I don't know, like, like David Cage could be a bona fide killer for all I know. And he, he could, or he could be, like, the biggest sweetheart on earth. I have no idea who David Cage is. Um, and, like, even, like, people, mm-hmm. people whose content you consume, even if they are, like, somebody like Max Landis, I figure I have a, I have a lot better read on Max Landis than I do on David Cage, right? But I still don't know who Max Landis is. Like, I still don't know who, like, I've listened to, hours upon hours of him speaking candidly of him being open of him being like drunk on podcasts like just talking and he seems like a very awesome dude on podcasts right and i'm sure he's and i'm and i won't won't say i'm sure but i would like to believe that he's like a decent dude in real life right but i still can't i i can't like to believe that all the people we look up to are decent in real life yeah and i can't take i can't just take that perspective i hit i i have him on camera and be like, well, because because of this, this, and this, he definitely he didn't do this, right? Like, I I still think I think all of Max Landis's personality that you see on camera and all that could still apply to him 
right? But he still that still doesn't take away from the possibility of him doing the things that he's being accused it's of, right? Bullshit, yeah. Yeah. And like it's it I, I think it's been about being, it's about being honest with yourself and being kind of on like just overall honesty um and mm. openness in terms of the way, the way you come about thinking about these situations. Whether it's whether it, it whether it is like oh yeah, I'm going to I accept the possibility of this guy being guilty or whether it is like I there I mean I I need more information before like all this like whether whatever like no matter where you're coming from from something I think the biggest thing you need to uh have from yourself is like pure honesty and like being and, and being open mm. to like not shutting off the possibilities of this person being guilty or this person being uh possibly innocent or innocent. all that stuff yeah and to piggyback off that you're not a judge yeah you know what I mean like the court of public opinion is not real right mm, well, like it's not it's not within our power to sentence someone yeah right so i think that we i still stick by what i said before is that we should all we should let all victims whether innocent or guilty say their say their piece oh, yeah for sure right? and i think because i think that's important to listen to people in these spaces but like again we're not a court what you say on twitter is not like you're not going to send max Linus to jail like you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know so, I feel like we we covered it pretty well. I think I think we were honest with each other. Yeah, and uh, as far as like questions this week, instead of questions, I put out a tweet asking your your guys' opinion on this, especially like how to deal with uh, people that you look up to that might be problematic or might have come come under con- controversy and all that stuff. And I got a couple of responses. I got like four different responses. Um, and remember, if you want to hit us up, you can hit us up on the on Twitter. Um, I'm at Blessing Junior. Ian is at Ian Why Not. Okbees is at Okbees Now. Or you can go to okbeast.com and leave a comment. Uh, our first comment about this topic is from J.R. Oliver. He says, I feel like almost everything is problematic to some degree. So for me, it's mostly a case of acknowledging the moral issues inherent to all media and picking my battles. If something is bad enough, I'll stop supporting the artist slash company. And I pretty much agree with this. Like, uh, these are my words now, not J.R.'s. But like, <laughs> I think it, it is, a lot of it is about picking your battles and kind of understanding like that, being problematic is inherent to like pretty much everything and everyone like human the human condition yeah exactly like i don't i don't think there's anybody that is that is lacking like there's nobody nobody's perfect miley cyrus said it originally like no nobody and she's problematic as hell and she and she is also problematic (laughs) hella problematic uh but like yeah i i can't come i can't stop supporting everything because because everything's problematic and I don't, even, I don't and I don't even think that's the right way right to stop supporting something just because it's problematic I do think there's battles you have to choose right and that's that comes back to me and Jontron right that's a battle that I've chosen I'm not I'm not um, looking at any more of Jontron's content uh, because because of the things he said and because uh, I've deemed those as being too far for me right just like for me me and Naughty Dog I'm still in a place where I'm still gonna play not I'm like I'm still gonna play um uh, uh, not beyond two. Detroit become human. I'm still gonna play that game, right? And it, it, it and it does. It comes down to degrees. It comes down to context. It comes down to how something affects you personally and how you feel about it personally. Like, I don't think there's any objective stance on, on how to, what what to support, how to support something, or not to support it. You know, unless unless it comes with a Nazi symbol on the box and it's not Wolfenstein, then that's a clear cut. Mm. That's a clear cut case. Uh, Fanatics 4 says, I tend to detach the creator from their creation 
from the outset of liking a thing, especially when that thing is the product of several different people's work in the way games are. It's one thing to not uh, want to support uh, a, a Logan Paul type, but skipping out on a game because of a segment of a corporation isn't on the up and up, or in many cases, allegedly on the up and up. It's biting your nose to spite, it's biting your nose to, to, uh, to spite your face. It's an overcorrection. Mm. Lex or L3X217. Now this one this this is one that that's kind of interesting. He says uh I really don't believe the, all these um all these reports and thanks for your support. And so here's here's to set this one up, right? He says my thought process while reading his his reply cuz he says thanks for your support. And I read his reply like 10 times. I was like, why is he thanking me for my support? I should be I should be thanking him for his support if he's making a tweet to the podcast i click his i click his profile scroll down and there's a bunch of tweets in french and i'm like what the heck is, how does this guy even find my tweet and like in my original i look back at my original tweet and i realized in my original tweet i said like oh i'm a big fan of quantum quantum dream and we're going to talk about this this stuff um come to real look at his tweets some more and come to realize this is a guy and i'm not sure like this could be like a fake account or whatever or something like that but according to this guy's account he works at quantum dream and he just happened to come across my my tweet and was like yeah i don't believe these reports that's my opinion and thanks for your support since i said i like uh, quantum dream and so (laughs) (laughs) oh merit Take, <laughs> take that as you will. Apparently, this guy who supposedly works at Quantum Dream doesn't believe the David, reports. David, is that you? <laughs> it's David Cage, everybody. Lex217 David? on Twitter. No, legit. His tweets, like, let me see if I can pull up his tweet, his Twitter. Because it's, it's legit. Like, looking down this thing, uh, the first thing that comes up is a picture of a cat, and there's French words with it. Let's see, some stuff from Nintendo. Uh, Definitely David Cage. So, Quantic, no there's a shared Quantic Dream interview. It's all in French. Some more Quantic Dream stuff. Yeah. Check out L, L3X um, on Twitter. L3X217 on Twitter. And uh, let us know what you think. Is that a real account or not? Emmett Watkins Jr. This is the last comment we got. He says, I've just gotten into the habit of quietly supporting things after they've come out as problematic. It's It's exhausting to engage in the constant outrage for things like this so i do my moral judgment and if i'm still fine supporting i do it without speaking about it and i'm kind of with emmett like like for me like exa- uh, again with like xxx tentacion right i made this decision not to uh champion him on the podcast even though i'm still talking about him right now but it's an example um i still listen to his music like i still and this is and this goes for like Kodak black and a lot of rappers i listen to like I listen to a lot of I listen to a lot of rappers that are definitely like that they're definitely problematic. Like I listen to Meek Mill and Meek Mill just went to jail. Um and I mean that there's a lot of arguments about whether or not Meek Mill should have been went to jail, but that's a whole different conversation. Uh there are a lot of people I I, I support without being verbally without verbally championing championing them and I think that's a valid way to go. Uh because like I might watch, nah, I'm not going to watch, but if I do watch a Max Landis product, right? Like if I start watching Dirk Gently, right? I can watch Dirk Gently without being like, yeah, Max Landis, you, you the dude, right? Like I can still, I, I, that, that doesn't take away from my enjoyment, like my future enjoyment of Dirk Gently. Um, that's kind of how I feel about it. I don't know if you had anything to add, Ian. Or not. Ian, you there? Oh, I think he's gone. 
I think he's gone. Hello? Oh, Hello? you're here. Sorry, my my mic muted for some reason. Okay. Yo, uh, what were you about to, what were you what were you gonna say? No, I was just saying that you're good. Oh. I, I agree with you. Okay, I was about, I was legit about to close out the con- the podcast because I was like, well, we made it at the end anyway. Uh, for those <laughs> for those listening, thank you so much for listening. Of course, uh, the Okibis podcast is a weekly gaming and nerd culture centric show. This is where we get together and talk about the biggest topics in games and culture. If you'd like to show, subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit okibis.com and follow at Okibis now on Twitter and Instagram. I've been blessing. That has been Ian. Ian, go ahead and say bye to the people. Bye to the people.